This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. Let's be honest. Men look their best when they're wearing a suit. The problem is suits are expensive and a lot of men can't afford a custom-made suit. That's why there's Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and much more. And the best part, everything is made to your exact measurements for great fit. Oh, I lied. The best part is they're affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. So why don't you start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. Again, that's Indochino.com. Enter the promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Visit Indochino.com. Blue wire. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open! James Young! I only play the slots because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? It is Tuesday, November 12th, and this is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at Indochino, Harry's, and Untuck It. I'm Fallon Smith, along with my guy, James Jones, or should I say champion head coach, James Jones. I heard your boys took the title over the weekend. I try to do what I could do when I could do it, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So yeah, man, both the little jokers, man, my little... Baby kids, man, my six-year-old Jordan and my eight-year-old little James, they both won the championship, man. And they balled out too, man. I, I mean, I still tell them they stink, but they <laughs> balled out, man. They both had good games. We, we, we won the championship for six U and eight U, man. I've been That's I've awesome. been busy. I've been busy, 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 man. Friday night we had the end of the season tournament. And then Sunday we had another tournament out here in Arizona, and we lost that one. Both the kids lost that one. Jordan lost in the championship. Little James lost in the semifinals. So mm. they have they have played, as you can hear my voice, my voice is gone from yelling at the kids, but <laughs> they have played 13 football games each wow. in the last three days. Little oh, flag for both days. Wow. So 
Wow. But they have the energy. It's all good. Yeah. So we all, they do. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we all, we all tired. That was rough on Coach JJ. But hey, you guys uh, made up for it, at least with that uh, first championship on, uh, on Friday night. Because um, a couple months ago, I was giving you crap for losing in the championship game. Remember? I know. I know. You never take it easy on me, man. It's yeah. all good, though. But it's okay. you know you know, I realize that's part of coaching, man. You know, I coached the little six U boys and the AU boys, and I still hear parents on the sideline. Why is he running these routes? Why is he doing these? Routes? <laughs> and I'm like, first off, shut up, because ain't nobody going to the NFL tomorrow. <laughs> second, second of all, everybody think they got the right call with six year old kids and eight year old kids. I'm like, shit, these kids ain't even listening in the huddle. Y'all talking about do this and do that. Right? <laughs> But that, that's too funny. I, I, just, I just be laughing like these parents just think like, shoot, man, run this play, run this boy. You, you guys actually run. I mean, you're really running routes. Like, come on. My, my eight year old, my eight year old sons, yes. Okay. Like they have, they have plays on the wristbands and all that. They run corner routes. Oh yeah, they run corner routes. They run deep overs. They run hitches. They run slants. Oh yeah. They throw, but for the for the little one, I I like tell them what to do, draw their uh, plays up because okay. they can't really, I mean, understand got, the concepts yet. We got we got two good little athletes, two little six year olds. Like my little Jordan could catch the ball very well, and I got a kid that could throw it. So we'll throw it every now and then. But the six year old kids, it's ninety percent running. Like if you have a good athlete that can make a couple kids miss, you hand it to him. <laughs> 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 and, let, and let him run. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, I saw videos that you posted. Uh, your boys definitely were balling. So that's exciting. Um, well, we have a special guest today. But before we get to him, we got to discuss the AFC West. It is mm. wide open. Thank you, Tennessee Titans. Appreciate you. And I called that game on TV. You did call it. You did call uh-huh. it. What a finish, though, man, in Tennessee. I was pumped uh, as the Titans Beat the Chiefs. It was in thrilling, thrilling fashion. Uh, so the Raiders are just now a half game back in the AFC West. So, James, if they take care of business against the Bengals, against the Jets, that mm-hmm. game in Kansas City is going to be for the division lead. Of course, if Kansas City also continues to take care of business, which they have I was about to say, because Kansas City has a tough schedule. Yeah, they definitely do. And Kansas City's defense is no good. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> well, hands down, let's just say both teams take care of business. I mean, that can be the biggest game for the Raiders since probably their 2016 season. But I'm just pumped that the Raiders are in this position, period. Absolutely. And they, I mean, they, they put themselves in this position. I mean, they should be in a better position if they beat the Texas. But yes, we I talk gonna, about that. We ain't going to dwell on the past. <laughs> no, but, no, man, but for real, I mean, we said that this could happen. Yeah. We said that after the Raiders played the Texans that their schedule got a lot easier and Kansas City's got a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And if they can handle business and do what they got to do and finish this stretch 7-4, and four, they can find themselves in the mix, uh, possibly – at first place in the division. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's all right there, man. And like I keep saying, the Raiders know exactly who they are. Yep. That is run the ball. That is get the ball out of Derek Carr's hands extremely fast and get the ball in the playmakers' hands. And like I said, if they could continue to get turnovers on defense and get the offense an extra possession back, the Raiders is going to find themselves in the playoffs and possibly find themselves winning this division. Well, they have to take care of business, as we mentioned. And up next – is the Bengals, okay? The Bengals. They got completely destroyed by the Ravens and Lamar Action Jackson. Everybody knew that was coming. But this weekend, uh, so this weekend they dropped to, what, 0-9 on the season. The Mm. Ryan Finley experiment didn't go so well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the Raiders, they're facing a rookie quarterback. 
They're facing a team without their top receiver in A.J. Green. They mm-hmm. still have both Tylers, Tyler Boyd and Tyler Eifert. Um, and Joe Mixon is coming off the best game of his season yeah. um, with 114 rushing yards. So I think the only thing that really scares me is the Raiders taking them lightly and kind of laying an egg. But I don't really see that happening. So do you have any concerns? I don't have any concerns because, well, I do have one. Okay, what's your one concern? And, and, and my one concern is A.J. Green was very, very close to playing last week. And they said he had a minor setback. Then I seen him warming up before the game, and he looked he looked very very good. So, but my he's still only not cons- practicing yet. I know, but it's very early. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> so my only concern is if he comes out there and he could play at a high level, because when he's out there, is that it makes that offense totally different. And I don't care, I don't care who's back there throwing the ball, rookie quarterback. I was gonna say someone needs to get him the football still. A ro- rookie quarterback, high school quarterback, pop Warner quarterback. <laughs> I don't care who's throwing the ball because you're gonna have to show some extra attention to AJ Green. Because once he makes a couple catches in one-on-one coverage, you're not gonna keep letting him make catches in one-on-one coverage. So you're gonna show him some attention. Over there, so that's probably gonna open up a little bit for Joe Mixon. So, the only thing that worries me if he comes out and he could play at a high level because you know, if he could play at a high level, he's gonna be all over the game plan. They're gonna try to get him the ball, and the Raiders gonna have to stop him. And he's one of the one of the best receivers in the game. But I am not worried about the Raiders coming out relaxed, coming out reading their press clippings. And the reason why I say that is because they know what's at stake. Yeah, true. You have an opportunity with a very, very favorable opponent. And you have an opportunity to go and put yourself in position to be in first place. Because who knows what's going to happen with that Chargers and Chiefs game in Mexico. That's a division game. Nobody knows. So you have an opportunity to put yourself in first place in the division with a win and a Kansas City loss. So it is no time to relax. You got to go finish this season and finish strong. Now, if they was 13-2 or two or something and the Chiefs was coming in, I'd say, oh, shoot, they probably reading the press clippers. They're going to mess around and lose to the Chiefs. But they got, they know they have to win and take advantage of every single one of these games. And John Gruden spoke uh, to his players through the media on Monday. And I don't know if you heard this, but he said, you know, like, I don't care about the Bengals being winless. Do you think anybody thought the Falcons were going to go into New Orleans and beat the Saints? No. Did anybody think that the Dolphins were going to go to Indy and beat the Colts? No. So Any given Sunday, man. Yeah. Any, uh, I mean, people was killing me because I picked the Browns to beat the Bills. Oh, yeah. Everybody was killing you. Yeah, they like, you retarded. You retarded. Yeah, you know, and if I was, you know, if I was childish, I'd get on Twitter right now. Yeah, but you know how those little trolls are. It's okay. They always have something to say. You know what I'm saying? I know, but I'm just saying. But, no, he's exactly right, man. Hey, I tell people all the time, all these NFL players, everybody get paid the same. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, you got to earn it. That's why it's any given Sunday. You got to earn it on these Sundays, man. You never know what's going to happen, man. They all get paid. They all don't get paid the same, but they all get paid. Yeah, you know what I mean. They all get they all get paid very high, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's yeah. 53 of them on the team. 30 of them get paid the same. <laughs> you You're know? right. Um, all right. Well, um, we have some, some tough news. It was expected, though, unfortunately. The Raiders lost safety Carl Joseph for the season. That wasn't expected. What happened? What do you mean? Remember, we talked about it last week. I know I've seen him go down, but, you know, on the interception, but... I think he broke his foot, basically. I know I, I actually... Actually talked to him. Um, he, they're waiting for the swelling to go down before he has uh, surgery, um, but he's out for the season. They put him on injury reserve. He did get injured on uh, that final play, the game ceiling <sighs> interception, which was just so tough. Um, I feel bad for him because obviously, yeah, the Raiders are going to miss him on the football field, but I actually just feel wor- worse for him personally. Absolutely. Because he's a 
free agent after the season. The Raiders didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So this was a prove-it year for him, and he was playing some of the best football of his career. And he had back-to-back weeks of game-sealing plays for the Silver and Black. So um, for him to go down like that, it's it's tough. Uh, My heart hurts for him. I hope to see him back in the Silver and Black next year. I know he would love to be a Raider, but uh, who knows what's going to happen. But that's just a tough blow um, altogether because he's a missile man and he's a a, a tough player. um, And they're definitely going to miss him on the back end. But the Raiders signed safety DJ Swearinger um, Mm -hmm. and also edge rusher Deion Jordan. But uh, let's talk about DJ Swearinger real quick. You like this signing. I know you do, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've been out here training with him out here in Arizona, man. He's ready to go. I mean, to be honest with you, you, you're really getting a, you're really getting the, the same player at Carl Joseph and DJ Swearinger, maybe a guy with a little bit of better, better ball skills. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of better ball skills and maybe doesn't bring the same thump yeah. as Carl Joseph does, but is a very good tackler, very smart player. And he, he reminds me just the passion, the energy. He reminds me of Abram. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're so getting good. another guy like that on defense that's going to make sure these dudes is held accountable, playing hard and with, with a lot of energy. So I love the signing. You're getting a Pro Bowl safety, a veteran safety to come over there and play after you lose one of your one of your key guys. So whenever you can replace a place, a guy with a Pro Bowl guy, I mean, I mean, that's a good pickup. So. Uh, the best thing about it is I know he's ready and in shape and ready to go because I see him grinding and grinding every day in the gym working out. So Raider Nation should be excited about him coming in because he can bring a lot to the table. Yeah, and I actually just liked what he had to say about the team. And he had high praise for the Oakland Raiders. He was talking about how uh, the Raiders have a ton of grit and it starts with the head coach and how mm-hmm. much he loves John Gruden. So it's a guy already who has kind of bought in. Uh, and obviously he wanted to play, so you're going to say what yeah. you need to say. But Absolutely. Yeah, you want a job. You, yeah, hey, you want a I job. Lo- I, totally I love get- all y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I just kind of like just uh, I just like his swag, to be honest yeah. with you. I think he has a ton of swagger. I think it's going to be good for the Oakland Raiders, and I feel like he's going to fit right in. Uh, it's still going to be hard to replace a Carl Joseph. Also, LaMarcus Joyner, um, he'll probably be out for a few weeks. It's not a season-ending hamstring injury, but um, which is good, good news. So yeah. hopefully he's back for a possible playoff run for the Raiders, but he is going to miss a few weeks. So that kind of sucks. Deion Jordan. Yes. Yes. I'm actually pumped to have Deion Jordan, to be honest. Another another pass rusher. 6'6", 284. So (laughs) big dude. Former third overall pick. Former third overall pick. Absolutely, man. So he should have fresh legs. All right. Come off that edge. Come get the passer. But, hey, like Coach Gruden said, you can never have enough pass rushers, man. Keep bringing them boys in, man. Keep rolling them boys in there. Because as we see, when you can get after the quarterback, if the Raiders can get after the quarterback, you're going to have nights like you had against Phillip Rivers. So if you can keep them boys fresh and keep rolling them boys in there to, to have them boys getting after the quarterback, and that's that's what we need to do, especially being thin in the secondary the way they are now with all the injuries and things like that. So the pass rush is key. Might have to bring a little bit more pressure mm-hmm. and all that stuff now too. Some some exotic blitzes to get after the quarterback because you don't want to let them sit back there and you know go up against a secondary that's battling a lot of injuries. Well, some fans are probably like, okay, well, where has Deion Jordan been um, while he's mm-hmm. been serving? 
um, a 10-game suspension for a failed drug test. It is actually, it was a failed drug test for Adderall, which I think is ridiculous, but it was not his first time. That's the problem. Absolutely. He had a history of drug abuse and um, a lot of off-the-field issues that kept him out of the league, I think, for the 2015 and 2016 season, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, But it looks like he's cleaned up his act and, and he's stayed healthy, stayed ready, stayed in shape. Uh, John Gruden said that he is going to practice on Wednesday and will be listed as questionable for Sunday's game. So not sure if we'll see him this week, but clearly, you know, the Raiders need all the help that they can get. But, James, my question to you is, is it tough to expect a lot out of someone who's been out of football for so long? Um, Yes and no. I mean, because a lot of us go off of his upside, you know, and we've seen him be special in this league and make some special plays in this league. We know why he was the third overall pick. I mean, he's a guy that can get after the passer. You know, if he's been training and been training at a high level and he comes in ready, I mean, this is a guy that can make some plays and make some plays right now. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but at the same time, you got to understand it's a guy that has not been through a training camp. Mm-hmm. Has not has has not been in any kind of football shape, no matter how much you've been training. So mm-hmm. it's going to take him some time to get in a groove and be able to come in here and, and probably be productive. So from that standpoint, if he's not productive, it's like, OK, yeah, he's going to take him some time to get in there and let him get his groove back. But if he is, it's like, shoot, we knew we've seen him make these plays, you know, a lot. So I think sometimes as fans, that can be frustrating because you're looking at it. On the outside looking in, like, dude, where is he at? This yeah. dude's supposed to be special. He was a first round pick. But yeah. then at the same time, dude, it takes time to get in football shape, man, and be able to come out there and just dominate like that. But low risk, high reward signing, in my opinion. And, and you always got to sign those guys. For sure. And with, you know, what's at stake? Let's just say it takes him five games to to get into shape, and mm-hmm. he's right there for the playoff push. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I Absolutely. I think uh, there's a lot of upside and uh, potential for this signing, so I'm pretty excited about it. All right, so after the Thursday night football game, I told you guys that I hit up Eric Harris to see if he would come on the podcast, and he said he would love to. He is a man of his word. Uh, I'm so excited to have him on the show this week, but before we welcome in Eric Harris to Keeping It 300, we have to take a quick break. So stay where you are. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. So as you know, humans have been shaving for thousands and thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? Well, it hasn't really changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated candles, so neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. And let me tell you, my husband absolutely loves Harry's because it gives him a close shave, easy glide, and of course, as I mentioned, at a low price. It's cheap. So do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. So why should you get Harry's? Well, I already mentioned how much my husband loves it. I think you will love it too because Harry's provides quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Harry's is also super, super convenient. They provide blade refills and deliver directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. Yeah, and there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. You can't beat that. So listeners of Keeping It 300 can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com bluewire. And this is what you'll get with the trial set. 
a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. You won't regret it. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. Lots and lots of gifts and people to shop for. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Yeah, Untuck It shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size. With more than 50 plus combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, and athletic guys of all ages. Trust me, my husband has a hard time finding shirts that fit his really buff arms, yes I'm bragging, his really buff arms and slim waist, right? And then he discovered Untucked. Their shirts fit him perfectly, just like a glove. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. So why don't you visit untuckit.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com. You spell it U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off. Now joining us on Keeping It 300 is Raider Safety, Eric Primetime Harris. Yes, you've earned that nickname after last week. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure. I'm sure your phone has been blowing up since the game. So many people just proud of you. What was that experience like and what has the last, you know, week been like for you? It's been crazy. Um, a lot of notifications on my phone. <laughs> I literally woke up this morning and started replying back to more people. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been a dream. You know, Thursday was a dream. It, it, it didn't feel real at all. You know, and the fact that my family was there to share it with me was uh, really special. Yeah, I told James last week that when I saw your family on the NFL Network set, it, it gave me chills. So can you describe what that moment was like for you and your family? Really, it was just really surreal. You know, they don't live here um, during the season. They stay back home. And uh, this is the fourth game they they made. And uh, just the fact that they were here and then I had the night I had and they, you know, uh, pre-game, they kind of shared our story and stuff like that, and just so happy, it kind of felt like the whole thing was staged. How I went out, played well, and then after yeah. post-game, it was a, uh, it was really crazy. Okay, so this is funny. I did not know that your family didn't live here. I thought that maybe after you signed your contract, that maybe they did move here since you did, you know, come into some money. Um, as you know, I'm friends with uh, Justin Medlock. Uh, he was my really good friend in college. And for those who don't know, he's yeah. a CFL kicker. So he's your former teammate. Right. Um, and he told me, you know, when you first signed with the Raiders, you asked him where he should live. And he was like, bro, good luck. Maybe maybe 
Meridian Davis, which uh, for those in the Bay Area know, it's a few hours away from the facility. So um, you signed that two-year, you know, $6.5 million contract, $2.5 million guaranteed. Obviously, that's life-changing, but why haven't you moved your family uh, to the Bay? One, financially, uh, just trying to make financial decisions, uh, you know, Last year I did sign my extension, but it was always like, uh, what ifs? Uh, you never know what's going to happen in this business. And then it was kind of like, okay, our kids have been moved all over the place. You know, when we're in Canada, we were moving every six months, lived in multiple multiple areas. And um, it was kind of like, let's start setting roots somewhere. And that was pretty important to us um, as far as keeping our kids in a stable environment mm. and um, them getting familiar with friends and family in the area and stuff like that. So that was a huge part that led up to why I didn't bring them out this season. And uh, also that, you know, we were moving to Vegas. So again, they were going to have to move schools all over again and change uh, environment. Are they going to move to Vegas with you since it's it, uh, definitely more affordable over there? <laughs> it's definitely affordable. Um, and it's definitely been a discussion. Yeah. Okay. This, this year was kind of tough, you know, being, being away from each other. So, um, I think it's a big possibility that they we uh, we all live together next year. I can't imagine you have four kids and your your poor wife. I'm sure she's misses you. I'm mean, sure your kids miss you um, every single day. So this actually must be really really tough to be away from them. It, it is. It is. It, especially you know my twins are six years old, so they're really starting to understand you know when I'm leaving and stuff like that. And you know they might not necessarily remember when they get older the small details of everything, but, yeah. you know, I was having a discussion with one of my friends and um, just, you know, it might mold them into their personality or how they cope with things. So I, I take that into consideration as well. Um, so it, it, it was, it's been tough. It's been tough. I'm, I'm sure, uh, like Justin said, <laughs> when you asked where you should live, you're like, go find a roommate somewhere in the East Bay. Or, oh, yeah. I mean, it's probably outrageous. You were not used to this. No, not at all. Um, the prices are crazy out here, but he's always in my ear. Save, save, save. Keep saving your money. Uh, so he's always yeah. he's always giving me a hard time about stuff. <laughs> so he, he doesn't let me live. He doesn't let me live. I mean, obviously, I know Justin, trust me, like every single day in college, he would bug the living crap out of me. And it didn't stop after college yeah. either. So <laughs> I, yeah. I'm totally aware of that. Um, but he yeah. also is a, a, an advocate for you having a fifth child, too. <laughs> Yeah, he keeps talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm for the four blessings, but I don't know about the fifth. <laughs> exactly. That's so crazy. I don't crazy. know about the fifth. Um, so have teammates started uh, giving you a hard time? Obviously, they were proud of you, but I'm sure that they've poked fun. Maybe have they given you any nicknames since the big game? Uh, not, not any nicknames, but they always little things. They're like, oh, you know, they'll say, oh, I remember when you did this, or you're big time now, so you don't have to do that. But you know, it's all good fun, but. I think everybody knows that no matter how much success I have on the field, that I'll never change because I know yeah. where I came from and I know yeah. my roots and I know how, how, how much work I had to put in to get to where I'm at. So, you know, I'm always looking for the next step of growth. So that'll never change me. Yeah, no doubt about that. But just talk about the big game that you had. You really set the tone for the Raiders. I mean, the first quarter alone, two interceptions, 115 yards on the returns, one pick six, your second pick six of the season, you should have had three interceptions in the first half, okay? You should have had a hat trick in the first <laughs> half, but Max Crosby wanted to go off sides, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was screaming because I was like, oh, my, because that was probably your best pick of all three. And that's what I said. I said the same thing. You literally read Phillip Rivers' eyes. Please tell me that Max has apologized for that offsides penalty because he at least owes you and your family dinner or something. <laughs> 
yeah, no, he's he's apologized more than once. And uh, <laughs> honestly, you go back, you go back and watch film. He he's in his stance and he gets up and he actually moves back a little bit. So you know the the call is what it was. But uh, bogus, bogus. I, I really wasn't. I mean, I wasn't mad at Max because it came back to me in the fourth in the fourth quarter and, and I dropped one. So I could have still had three. Um, yeah, but think about you could have had four. You could have had four, Eric. Yeah. I know. I, I possibly <laughs> could have had five. I dropped. I also dropped one in the back of the end zone. The guy made a good play and knocked it out of my hand. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Honestly, I didn't even know. I, I didn't even realize I had the two picks in the first quarter. I was kind of just. I was just playing in his own. Yeah. So. I mean, but think about. I don't even know if a player has ever had four picks in a game, let alone three possibly in the in the first half. Like I have to go look look and see if that's ever happened. But I don't think it has. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it has either. That that would have been pretty crazy. Dang, I'm I'm mad at Max. I'm gonna give him crap. Like seriously, I will never live this down ever. Even next year, I'm gonna be like, remember that one time? Remember that one time you were offsides? Uh, Eric could have had three picks. Yeah, that was your fault. I know. Get on him. I'm I'm just gonna uh, I might have a holding penalty or something when he gets a sack or something. <laughs> Just on purpose, just because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you're up, though. Make sure you're up by at least, like, three scores, okay, when that happens. Oh, yeah. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> that's petty. <laughs> no, no, it's super petty, but that's hilarious. Um, well, most of our listeners, uh, because they're Raider fans, know your story, but... Let me just go through the Cliff Notes version of your journey to the NFL and to the Oakland Raiders. And these are really Cliff Notes because a lot of people don't know exactly what has happened since even just you were born, your upbringing, et cetera, moments in your life when you were really, really down. So these are just the Cliff Notes version, and they're still incredible. So D2 walk-on, okay? D2, guys, not D1. Uh, You go undrafted in 2012. Have no rookie minicamp invites. So you move back home to New Oxford, Pennsylvania. You work at a potato chip factory. Everybody knows that story. And then you decide, you know, to work for UPS so you can train and try out and try to live out your, you know, football dreams. Then you drive three hours to Buffalo for a CFL tryout. Played three seasons in the CFL from 2013 to 2015. Got signed by the Saints in 2016. Then you tore your ACL. Then you got waived by the Saints in 2017. Then the Raiders signed you in 2017. And now it is 2019. You're finally a starter. And you are the star of the game on prime time. And you have continued to make plays week in and week out for the Oakland Raiders. I'm sure... You know, there have been many surreal moments, especially when you look back on your life, you know, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm I'm really in the NFL, y'all. But when none of these Division One colleges believed in you, none of these NFL teams believed in you, what made you believe in yourself and your ability? Um, the support I had around me, um, they, they always supported me in my dreams. And, you know, they kept me confident within myself, even at times, you know. Sometimes it doesn't matter how much confidence you always have that moment where you kind of start doubting, you know, and um, yeah, I, I just constantly believed in, in the process, believed in my faith in God. And, you know, I just continue to push through um, the hard times. And like I said, the people around me that supported me and uh, showed me uh, confidence uh, really played a big part in that. There had to be, you know, some point on this crazy journey where you wanted to give up. Like, do you remember any specific moment that may have changed the course of your future? Um, when we were expecting the twins, uh, it was kind of like that the CFL tryout was kind of like, okay, this might be the last go around, you know, because yeah. I can't keep chasing this dream only because I have priorities. And growing up without a dad, you know, my mm-hmm. I guess my number one fear was, was um, 
being able to provide for my family and be there for my family. So, mm. you know, sometimes, sometimes your dreams got to be put on hold. And uh, that was a decision I was okay with because of, for my family and putting them first. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you were, you, you came from a single parent household. You have um, how many brothers and sisters? I have, my sister's the oldest and I have four younger brothers. Man. So you knew you were going to have probably a big family. You come from, you know, um, a big family, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess this means even more, right? Uh, Just everything that you've gone through and the support you've had, uh, you know, from your wife. I heard you guys are high school sweethearts. And then last year, well, actually early in March, you you signed, you know, this two year, six and a half million dollar deal. I mean, this has to mean so much to you just looking back at everything that you've come from and and being, you know, like I said, a dad of four and coming from a single parent home. Yeah. Last year, you know, I mean, just making it to the NFL is life changing in itself. And um, just the opportunity I had, you know, to get my foot in the door. That's really the hardest part is just getting your foot in the door and then, you know, taking care of what you need to take care of. I felt like just me as a person and I know my, my, my work ethic, Mm -hmm. I felt like if I could get my foot in the door and my personality that people people will see a different side of me and they'll, they'll kind of, you know, start to like me and respect what I, how I go about my business. But, um, as far as the financial thing, mm-hmm. I mean, last year, or this off season was huge. It was life changing for myself, my family. Um, I mean, really, it's it's life changing. I know you probably didn't realize just little things that you're probably grateful for. Don't have to worry about cell phone bills, flights, you know, like, oh, this flight is expensive. Sorry, you can't come to this game, honey. Little things like that. Right. I mean, yeah, you definitely you definitely think about those little things, you know. OK, let's, you know, even even we're still considerable, um, you know, the first week they came out because we were playing on Monday. Monday night, then Sunday. So they came out for those two games. And the same thing with this week, we came out Sunday and they were here for the Thursday night game. So we still think about, you know, how many games can they make trying to save, save the most money. So you still think about those things, but you know, a few years ago, it was definitely a different mindset as far as like, okay, you really got to space things out. You really got to think in advance about things, um, you know, and then, you know, the holidays are coming around. So you think about those times, you know, being able to, you know, get your kids, kind of exactly what they want Mm, you know um staying reasonable at the same time you know i I remember christmas as you know my mom did all she could to put uh presents under the tree and um you know just if we had two two presents to open it meant a lot to us so yeah wow um yeah. It's crazy because um, I don't know if you know James's story. This is the only reason why I'm bummed. Everybody, it's all James's fault <clears throat> why he's not on this podcast. <laughs> he's um, in the Arizona time zone. And, you know, with daylight savings time, Arizona doesn't change time zones. Uh, he got the times messed up. So that's his fault. But um, <laughs> James Jones is um, one of my best friends. And he has the most incredible story. He grew up homeless. Wow. So from homelessness to, you know, Super Bowl champion, um, and it makes me cry thinking about it, you know, uh, where he came from and where he's at now. And so mm-hmm. when I hear these stories and when he heard your story, you know, it just makes it more more special. You you always want to root for people who, who come from nothing and they work their butt off to make something out of themselves and be able to provide uh, for their family. And not necessarily just, you know, NFL players, but, you know, people in general, general that come from 
tough situations and they didn't let themselves be a victim of their circumstance. So, you know, congratulations on all the success. It's just so amazing to kind of hear you talk about this. And I love that you are still, you know, frugal with your money because you could have saw that two and a half million guaranteed and blew it in the first year. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, you know, like I said, I I know where I came from and I know how, you know, in a pinch money could be um, pretty crucial, obviously. Um, Money isn't everything, but at the same time, we all have to live. And uh, so it takes a big stress off of our family and stuff like that. So um, James's story is incredible. You know, um, you think about your individual story sometimes and where you, you've you come from. And it's there's always somebody out there, out there that has it worse. Exactly. You know? yep. So I'm just very thankful that, you know, I do have a testimony. Um, like I said, my story is not the worst story, but, you know, I have a platform as well for people that may be struggling with um, hard times and stuff like that. But to, to let those people know and remind those people that anything is possible and, you know, put your mind to it and have people around you that support you. And um, it's, you can go wherever you want to go. Yeah. And you know, that's funny. I was just going to ask you, you know, do you ever get tired of talking about your journey or do you feel, you know, you have an obligation since you do have this stage and this platform to be an inspiration and, and a role model for for young people um, and, and even people your age? I mean, even older people who are struggling. I mean, you, right. do you feel you have an obligation? Um, yeah. You know, you talked about um, just having that NFL surreal moment and, you know, Obviously, I've had that moment, but I think Thursday, you know, being in the NFL and playing in the NFL was always my dream. But Thursday, I felt like my dream really came true as far as Mm. I felt more fulfilled. Uh, My heart felt fulfilled as far as people hearing my journey and me being able to share my journey on the platform, you know, that was kind of provided Thursday night. So, you know, that that was really heart touching for me. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have been reaching out, fans and stuff like that, saying how inspirational it's been. So, you know, I think that means more to me than, you know, just playing in the NFL now. Yeah, and it's crazy you say that because um, right when you mentioned that about how Thursday is when it really felt like your dream came true, um, this is why I'm so bummed that James is not on here. Um, James was in the NFL for years, you know, before he won that Super Bowl, and he said the confetti was coming down. He was crying and bawling his eyes out. Because all he kept thinking about was where he came from. And all he kept thinking about is begging for money at the 7-Eleven in San Jose with his mama, Mm -hmm. living in homeless shelters. You know, like he said, that's when he really was like, wow, I I made it. It was just that moment. You know, it was like a pinnacle moment of of his life. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And that's how I felt Thursday. You know, it was was that wow moment. Like, wow, I I really made it, you know, and um it's it's incredible with this this league and the platform it gives us you know um to be able to use it in a positive light and make a difference within the communities um around you and you know it could be somebody random and you never know who's looking at your story who's going to come across your story so you know i always my biggest thing is like interaction with people one-on-ones and stuff i always want to leave a positive impact Mm. on people and so that they remember me and you never know what type of person you can, you can make somebody's day just by a simple smile or a, a gesture, you know? So, um, you know, the fact that I can reach thousands of people without being there one-on-one is, um, is pretty, pretty incredible. Yes. No doubt about that. Um, all right. Well, we'll talk about some football now. Um, I'll let you, I'll give you a break on, on your life story. <laughs> this show is called keeping it 300. Okay. So I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Okay. Uh, I gotta be honest with you. So th- the narrative up until that Thursday night football game, 
was, okay, this Raiders offense is going to put up points. You don't have to worry about them. This defense, though, you know, is going to give up a ton of yards, give up a ton of points. But if they can create turnovers and make plays when it matters most, this team will win football games. Now, we saw that against the Lions, you know, gave up a ton of yards and points. But y'all made plays when it mattered the most. Then Thursday night football comes. You enter the game with one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. And this defense (laughs) ended up carrying this football team. You guys are really the reason why the Oakland Raiders beat the Chargers. You guys have five sacks, ten quarterback hits, three interceptions. Should have had more, but we ain't going to talk about it. (laughs) I know you guys hear the talk. Mm -hmm. What statement were you trying to make? And what statement did you guys make? Um, The statement, I mean, we all believe that we have a great defense, you know, and uh, the times that we give up explosive plays and miscommunications, the guys not doing the job, you know, I'm a victim of that. Um, Obviously, fans let me know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I think when you started reading off the stats, I think that really hit it. You know, the D-line, I feel like I tell them all the time, it starts with them up front, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, the sacks, the quarterback hurries, the hits. Um, that makes it so much easier on the back end. And uh, obviously, it goes hand in hand. You know, we, co- we cover better, they get more hits and stuff like that. So it's, all, it's, it's, it's a team sport and it goes hand in hand. But those guys, you know, I, I go back to the Colts game. You look at that film, uh, Mad Max was going off, the pick D-line six. was going off. Yeah, the pick six. I mean, it's like whenever, whenever something crazy is happening on the back end, the D-line, they're applying pressure. Yep. And uh, they're making they're making it happen. Yeah, no doubt. Sorry, I was drinking water. (laughs) As cliche as it is, you literally control your own destiny. I mean, Chiefs took an L in Tennessee. So now the Raiders are just a half game back at the AFC West. Um, If you guys take care of business, you know, against the Bengals, against the Jets, that game in Kansas City will be for the division lead. Now, this, of course, is if the Chiefs also take care of business. But this has been obviously the goal all season long. I'm sure maybe after the Tennessee, um, not the Tennessee, after the Texans game, I was pretty bummed because I'm like, oh, what if? Right. And they would be in the division lead right now if they you know, beat the Texans. But after the Texans game, I don't know if you guys were down a little bit or you guys already knew what was in front of you and knew the opportunity of, ahead. But now you guys are in great position to not just make the playoffs, but win the division. Yeah, we uh, one game at a time. You know, the Bengals they don't have <laughs> they don't they don't have the greatest record. But if you watch you watch them, you know, mm-hmm. um, I feel like they're still trying to find their identity a little bit. But they have some big names over there, and you know, especially on defense and and offense as well. They have some playmakers, so. Um, they've been in they've been in games and uh, you can't take that lightly. I think uh, the Saints Falcons game was uh, a huge uh, testimony to that. You know, it doesn't matter who's coming in um, and who you're playing, what their record is. Like you can lose at any time. <laughs> I actually uh, told James uh, before you came on. I was saying, "Yep, I knew it," and that you just proved to me. John Gruden was talking to the players through the media <laughs> yesterday. He didn't want y'all to drink the Kool Aid. He told the media, "Look." The Falcons just went into New Orleans and beat the Saints. The Dolphins just went to Indy and beat the Colts. So he's not letting y'all buy into any of that winless crap, right? <laughs> right. You, you, I mean, you can't. This is a National Football League. At the end of the day, we're playing against pros. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they beat it, They beat us last year. I had a reporter ask me about, uh, uh, you might be playing a backup quarterback. You think you're going to, you know, um, backup quarterback from since you beat us last year. So mm-hmm. I don't look at any of that. I remember that from last year. We went to their house and, the, and they beat us. So. You know, no matter what their record is, you know, undefeated, 
or defeated. Like we're we're trying to come in and uh, you know set a statement again and keep this momentum going. Yeah, it, but, you know, it's easy to say it, you know. It's a little harder to actually go and, and do it. Right. Um, and I feel like maybe it is hard to avoid, you know, overlooking a team like the Bengals who, you know, again, they're 0-9. They're starting a rookie quarterback in Ryan Finley. They're out. They're without A.J. Green. Not sure if he's coming back this season um, or at least this weekend, um, you know, and he's their top receiver. Is it tough to... I guess scout for somebody like Ryan Finley when you really only have one game on tape to to look at and maybe some preseason stuff. Yeah, I mean him as an individual, yeah, it's pretty tough. You know, uh, he doesn't have a lot of film as far as uh, in the NFL. Um, but I think you look more like uh, scheme and Schemes, concepts of yeah. things and how how yeah, I would say more scheme of things. Um, but obviously, if AJ comes back, that also changes it, so it makes it be even a little more difficult how they're going to use. Offense at the same time, um, but you know, obviously they believe in this uh, the young quarterback, and you know he showed some things on film against the Ravens that uh, I mean the kid's athletic, the kid's athletic, yeah, he, he can is. make plays, he can extend plays, so you know you got to respect that as well. Well, hopefully you guys make his day miserable uh, like the Ravens did. <laughs> so um, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be great. Well, um, unfortunately, you guys will be without Carl Joseph for the rest of the season. That's my guy, man. Yeah. So I am so bummed he's done for the year. Uh, he was having the best season of his career and uh, he becomes a free agent at the end of the season. So mm-hmm. how big of a blow um, is this for the secondary? Um, it's a huge blow. Carl is a big leader in our locker room. Um, when he speaks, it, you know, everybody listens. People hear what he has to say, and uh, they respect what he has to say. You know, obviously, you, everybody sees the intensity he brings and the passion he brings on the field. He brings that same passion on the practice field, weight room, uh, film room. So um, to see him go down is, you know, I felt like we were – him and I were really getting into a groove of things and we complimented each other really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, contract year for him and stuff. I just hate to see it. And, you know, I dropped that fourth pick and, you know, I don't, I don't put it all on me cause everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But, um, I feel like if I would have caught that fourth pick, um, him and LJ wouldn't have got hurt. Don't say so, that. Don't say uh, that. You can't yeah, blame yourself I at all. Like, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I don't blame myself. At, I don't blame myself. I just feel like, dang, you gotta make those plays. I could have ended the game. Everything would have been fine. Yeah, but know. you know, everything happens for a reason, and uh, it's the next man up. You know, it's crazy. He made back-to-back week game ceiling plays, and then you know, on Thursday he gets the pick, and it's a season-ending injury. I mean, ah, you. I hate injuries so much. It's yeah. just so tough, especially for a guy like him. I mean, I uh, covered him since he was a rookie, so I feel just absolutely terrible for him because I know all the stuff that he's been through and how hard he's worked to get to where he is, uh, you know, and um, what what a great season he was having up until this point. So that's tough. You guys lost, you know, Jonathan Abram to start the season. You guys kind of – it's kind of tough, and, and obviously it's the next man up mentality that you have to have in order to continue on and, and be successful. And the Raiders, they signed DJ Swearinger. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke to the media yesterday, and he had high praise for you guys, had high praise for John Gruden. I feel like he has the perfect swag to be an Oakland Raider. What, what do you think that he brings to this defense? Oh, definitely. Uh, he's that passion. You you watch it all this film. He's passionate. You know, other guys are making plays, and he's passionate for them. Uh, he brings a lot of energy. Um, he he's he plays like a raider. He's physical. He's tough. Um, he's a playmaker as yeah. well. So, 
Um, I'm really excited to uh, have him on the team and, you know, learn from him. We were watching film yesterday together. So I'm excited to see and pick his brain and see see what type of knowledge he knows and uh, how he sees the game. I'm excited. I think that he's a great fit for this um, Oakland Raiders defense. So hopefully he can get plugged right in and you guys don't skip a beat. I hope that you guys... Get LaMarcus Joyner back sometime soon. I know he'll, he'll be out with a hamstring injury. So how are you getting to fill that void? Uh, next man up. <laughs> next man up. Uh, we'll see what happens this week. But, you know, we have guys in the locker room that um, they, they stepped up. You know, Nevin Lawson came in and uh, when LJ went down and, and played and played extremely well. Um, he came right in. He, he knew everything. Uh, didn't feel like really missed a beat when he came in. So yeah. um, if LJ can't go this week, so... Um, it'll be Nevin's turn to step up. Well, you guys also signed former third overall pick Dion Jordan. He's six six. He's listed at two eighty four. That's a big dude right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you're pumped to add another pass rusher to this defense. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You watch his film. He 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 definitely pops off film, and uh, well, I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to have him in silver and black and. You know, hopefully you can ch- contribute to the defense and let's and keep this thing going. Have you have you met him yet? I know that you guys had a short practice yesterday, um, and he's not practicing till no, Wednesday. No, I have not. Okay. Yeah, I think I think not until Wednesday. Probably I'll probably see him Wednesday. So, you know, I'll make sure I introduce myself and, and get to know him and uh, make him feel welcome. You you think that it's tough to ask a lot from somebody who hasn't played football in a while, and to expect them to like you know contribute right away? It's going to probably take some time. I'm assuming. Um, it can be. I guess it all depends on that individual, right? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like if if he was, you saw his training workouts, uh, his training videos. Yeah. So I feel like he uh, he's in shape, but football shape is always different. You know, get that game shape is always different. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we we work him into the the scheme of everything and his his rep count and stuff like that. But you know, I think he's a playmaker, and I feel like he'll. I think he'll be fine. Well, I got to ask you about Derek Carr. So last Thursday, D.C. engineered his 19th game-winning drive, 19th career game-winning drive. Um, You're on social media. I know you hear all the trolls and the Derek Carr haters. James and I are definitely Definitely not one of of Derek Carr haters. Yeah, and I'm not a Derek Carr hater, and you're not a Derek Carr hater. Uh, That's our guy. D.C.'s our guy. We believe in him. Um, As someone who's around him every day Mm -hmm. and goes up against him at practice every day, what is Derek like as a leader and as a teammate? Derek is an amazing leader, um, by example, uh, on and off the field. Um, you know, he um, he makes everybody feel welcome in that locker room. Uh, new guys, uh, he's never too big for anybody. Um, he, I mean, he's an amazing leader, and you know, for him, this is his second year in the system. You're really starting to see him get comfortable in things like that. You know, yeah. people forget that how many different OCs he's had, the injuries he's had, um, the rotation of different offensive linemen. Um, that he's been playing with, you know, they don't understand the checks that he makes um, at the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Coach Gruden's offense is not is not simple. Yeah. <laughs> so for him to get up there and be able to control that offense and, and think like Coach Gruden thinks is, you know, beyond impressive. I have said that time and time again for literally a year on this dang podcast. Said so the last time Derek Carr has had. Back to back, the same play caller for back to back seasons was 2016 when the Raiders made the playoffs. So everybody hush up and see what he does in the second year of John Gruden's system, period. And you guys have seen what he has done. So everybody needs to just shh, quiet down for a little bit, <laughs> unless he proves us otherwise, okay? Yes. 
I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I have another question for you as a defensive player. Um, when the game is on the line and your offense is out on the field, what is it like being on the sidelines? It's, it's not a great it's, – it's a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. You know, you want, you want to be on the field, and you, you want to be on the field and, and have things in your hand, and I'm sure the offense feel the same way when we're out there, you know. Um, but, you know, I have full confidence in our offense. You know, the way they put drives together in crucial moments is, uh, is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, and Coach Gruden's um, play calling ability and, and Derek running that offense and the way the line has been protecting Josh Jacobs, his production and the receivers. And, uh, really happy to see Darren Wallen, you know, explode yeah. into the scene this season. Yeah, I mean, the offense has a ton of weapons. ton of weapons, that's for sure. A lot of young and talented weapons, uh, so the future is bright. And then on defense, not to mention, you know, you guys are going to get Jonathan Abram uh, back next year. So I'm really excited about this Raiders' future. But hopefully 2019 um, is also going to be bright. Hopefully you guys uh, win this dang division, so we shall see. Uh, just a couple more for you. I know you have to, uh, to get going, but um, your agent. So I want to talk about your agent, Nicole Lynn. She's the best. Um, she has become a superstar this year. You know, I absolutely love her. Yeah. I follow her on Twitter. Um, and I didn't know really much about her until she kind of just emerged on this scene this past uh, offseason. And it's because, you know, Quinn Williams uh, signed with her. Yeah. And it really helped put her, you know, on the map. But she's been representing NFL players for, for quite some time, including yourself. So I want to know how you guys got linked up. Um, it was just kind of a connection thing. We um, kind of shared sh- shared a few moments together and, um, you know, I just saw her work and the people that she represented. And, you know, when we started talking, you know, the thing that really sold me about Nicole was she was more invested in my future and, and my family and, and setting up us up for success after football, you know, and, you know, that really hit home for me and uh, put things in perspective as far as, you know, this football thing isn't forever. So when we started talking about the future and stuff like that, um, that was, that was a huge part for me. And uh, Nicole has been great. She, she works her tail off. Um, she, she's a full-time lawyer and an agent, and she's always traveling, and she's always there for her clients. Um, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't miss one small detail mm. at all. And um, I give her a lot of praise, uh, and I'm happy to see her success in, uh, in the agent business and, and in this league. How did you guys get introduced? Did she come after you, or did was there a player that maybe introduced you guys when you were looking for an agent? Yeah, one of my uh, Seth Roberts at the time he was with her. You know, I uh, knew it. Okay, her. I knew it was Seth. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Seth Roberts were with the, he was with her, and uh, Seth and I was pretty close, and we talked about it. You know, I was uh, in the process of uh, switching agents and whatever, and um, we talked about it and kind of introduce ourselves and went about it. Okay, this is not like a sexist question. Clearly, I'm a freaking female. But what is it like having, you know, a female agent? Because in my opinion, I feel like there needs to be more women out there um, and more women agents, you know, getting respect. And and she happens to be a black female agent. I freaking love it that she's killing the game right now. Yeah, I mean, to me, there there really isn't any difference, you know. Um, she, she works. And I think maybe she feels like she has to work a little harder because of her, she's a uh, female and everything like that. But yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she gets it done and she does, she goes above and beyond. So, you know, I respect her to death and, um, the respect she, she shows me and my family, you know, I can't say enough good things about Nicole, honestly. Yeah. She's 
amazing. I absolutely love her. Um, And she loves you. And she was so excited for you and your family um, during the game (laughs) on Thursday. Oh, my God. It was awesome. crazy on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, I know. She was like, I'm sorry I look crazy right now, but I'm just so excited for my client. And, like, it was, yeah, yeah, that that was awesome. Your your wife have any reservations, or did your wife from Jump love Nicole? Oh, she loves Nicole, you know. And then, like I said, the thing that sold both of us was – her talking about her family and investing in our future and, you know, being able to help me out as far as uh, using my platform and stuff and what I want to do. And she kind of saw my visions and uh, she started su- suggesting things that we can do as a family and stuff like that. So uh, my, my wife was sold from day one. I love it. Yeah. Um, who are you closest to on the team? Um, who am I close? Probably, I would say uh, Dallin Levin and Kyle Wilbur. Uh, we, we, we hang out quite often, um, but really, Really, I get along with everybody, but uh, I would say the closest, like outside of football, would probably be those two. Oh, okay. Um, who who would you say mm-hmm. is the the leader of this defense? Because it's changed a lot. You know, you guys have had a ton of injuries. Um, yeah, Vontez yeah. Perfect, you know, got suspended for the rest of the season. You got Carl Joseph that has gone down. I know the one thing Max has said is, you know, there are a lot of young leaders on this team, but um, Ty here Whitehead has kind of t- taken over the reins since uh, Vontez has gone out. Right. I mean, Ty here is definitely the middle. He's the middle part and he brings us the secondary together and the D line together. And, you know, he's kind of like that, that middle piece, but uh, I would agree with Mac. There, there are a lot of leaders and the young guys also, I mean, they lead They, they may lead in a different way, you know, and uh, they're, they might not be as vocal. But they listen to what uh, the older guys have to say. They um, take what we have to say and they're coachable. Um, there's a lot of, honestly, there's a lot of leaders on our, on our defense. Jonathan Abram, I, before he went down, obviously everybody saw him and how vocal he was with hard knocks, um, et cetera. Then when he went down, he goes on the uh, Adam Lefko podcast, and it was the most hilarious thing ever. Uh, this guy is just a freaking character. Um, I don't know if he's able to be around the team. Like um, right now, is he around the team at all? Like I know he's uh, probably rehabbing. Yeah, yeah. He, he still comes in the film room, and uh, he's still loud. He's still a character. <laughs> Uh, John will never, he'll never change for anybody, no matter his circumstances. He'll, he'll never change whether he's down, whether he's up, he'll, he'll stay the same. And, um, he, he's a, he's a good, he's a good fun guy to be around, uh, young, but you, you know, he's young, but on the field, he's, um, he's ahead of his time. For real. He, he's a very smart football. Yeah. He's yeah. a very smart football player. And he, uh, he doesn't have to see things more than once to get it right. And it's just such a bummer because you're like, you guys had all of this dang drama you had to deal with before the season, right? With the whole Antonio Brown crap. Nice. You're like, first of all, leave me out of this. <laughs> uh, but, you know, then Jonathan Abram goes down. And then just at week after week, guys dropping like flies, key players, you know. It kind of seems like you guys can't catch a break. When you guys do something great, something else happens. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, how do you guys just continue to put one foot in front of the other and not get down and just continue to, to fight. Um, credit to the leaders in the locker room. Like we talked about Derek Carr earlier, Rodney Hudson, you know, a lot of the older guys have been around there and uh, just keeping a positive attitude around the locker room. And, you know, and we talked about earlier, just like the, the next man up type of mentality, the standard is a standard. We say that all the time on the defense. So it doesn't matter even in the preseason, you know, um, doesn't matter you know, the next guy up, you know, perform, perform better than a starter. So that's kind of like the mindset we have. And, you know, it's been, it's been definitely a challenge in the beginning of the year. So 
hopefully we can stay healthy and, you know, stay healthy going into the later part of the season. Yeah, for sure. So last thing, I'm not sure if you really know my story, but I grew up in the Bay, grew up a Raiders fan. My grandfather actually uh, built the Oakland Coliseum. He was the head superintendent on the build back in the 60s. Oh, no way. Yeah, when he passed away on his tombstone, it literally says the man who built the Oakland Coliseum. So um, I have been a Raiders fan my entire life. I know, right? So in 2013, I started working for NBC Sports Bay Area, and I was the main uh, Raiders uh, reporter for them. And so I covered the Raiders for five straight years. And then last year, ugh, made the move to Missouri because my husband is a uh, college basketball coach um, for Mizzou. And I, yeah, had a, you know, you know how it is. You got to make sacrifices when you're married. You know what I'm saying? And (laughs) and I'm 35 and I have no kids, so I'm trying to start a family. But anyways, point is from afar, you know, we started this podcast because I still wanted to talk about the Raiders and kind of uh, be in the business. And it was great to to do a podcast with one of my best friends, James, who's also a former Raider. Um, but we are huge Raiders fans, okay? We want you guys to take care of business. We want you guys to win the dang division, okay? <laughs> Not go in as a wild card, please. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, um, obviously you guys have goals. And the first one is going to be to win the division. Can you describe the confidence that this team has you know, going into these this this final stretch of games. Yeah, I think we uh, I think we dealt with enough adversity uh, during the season, as far as like you know being in close games and and knowing what we got to do to come out of those close games with a win. And uh, I I feel like we know what we have in our locker room. We have the confidence uh, in our locker room, and you know correcting mistakes and and keep pushing forward. Like I said, keep keep winning one game at a time. Win the games we're supposed to win, and you know. Um, really just had that one game at a time mindset. I know the cliche, Coach Harris. Is, are you going to be Coach Harris afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be Coach Harris when this is all said and done? Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably get into the coaching thing one one day. You should coach your kids like James does. See, I wish James was on here. James, uh, their little flag football team, his sons, 8U and 6U, uh, won like the championship, I guess, on Friday. So he was all pumped. Okay. He was like, I'm the best coach in the world. I'm like, boy, bye. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably going to be me, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. But hopefully before then, I hope you sign another contract, a bigger contract, so you don't have to worry about where your your family's living. So you guys buy a big old house in Vegas, um, and you are living the dream, uh, continuing to live the dream in Las Vegas. So I hope that's uh, what's next for you. So. I appreciate it. God willing. So uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful for it. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the pod, and good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, pal. Wow. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Eric Harris is an incredible human being, um, has a great story, great family. I love rooting for guys like him, and I wish him nothing but success in the future, and I hope you guys go out and and buy an Eric Harris jersey. Just saying. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. If you haven't done so already... Yes, I'm saying it again. I'm going to say it every week until our our ratings and our reviews go up, okay? Um, If you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out.